everybody. Welcome to the 108th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just a quick reminder to please check out our Patreon if you want to get some cool exclusive benefits like access to our Discord and Livecast. So the first band we're going to talk about is Good Game. Good Game are a math rock, math pop quartet from Philly, and it features Brock Benzel of Invalids, another one of the best bands in math rock right now, in my opinion. And they just dropped their debut full-length, Get Good, on November 3rd via Choke Artist. So, the ultimate stamp of approval for a math rock band. Shout out Choke Artist, always. Yeah, keeping it so fucking real the last few years with just some of my absolute favorite favorite bands in math rock. Uh, but for those not familiar with Good Game, they really take the emo-math rock combo to its absolute pinnacle in a very similar way that Invalids does, but... And yet in a very distinct way, too. You know, I, I'd say that, like, the two-handed tapping is a pretty obvious comparison you might want to draw there, but Good Game is making a, a name for themselves, especially with this record. I feel like Invalids is all speed, as far as we're going finger-tapping and stuff like that. Here, um... A little more is, dynamic. This is, yes, it's just a beautiful combination, just a, um, a sweet just medley of just humans just making math rock man I, i'm telling you um math pop though still kind of hurts my head you know it's not only like super technical but it's like very emotive and there's like just a lot of incredibly catchy pop elements you know i for don't anybody, know any other way to describe it really for anybody out there new to the podcast or just new to good game it would i would say you're both because we've been covering good game since the beginning of day our one podcast. Yeah. day one uh the math gods provide I really did not expect anything ever to come from uh, specifically Brock with Good Game and just the I just I thought it was dead I thought it was gone that whole thing. I mean, uh, they played Arc Tangent in like 2019, but yeah, they've been like or 2020, but they've been silent since then. So this is this LP I think is a long time coming. Good Game ha- popped out some solid EPs before this. Uh, yeah, I love both so, of those EPs. It's so crazy that Good Game comes back with a full length, like an LP, you know, that whole thing. Uh, but once again, Math Gods provide, man. It's 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 such a great release. I really think this project, uh, it knocks it out of the park uh, just with balancing that um, ma- the Matthew riffs with just that emotional and just intimacy going mm-hmm. on there and due to the dual vocals. And I just feel like it's just a beautiful medley and just you can't really get that from a lot of bands, you know, just the twinkliness. Right, right. right? And the, a lot of just lyrical vulnerability too, I feel. Lyrically, so lyrically vulnerable, I would say the last two EPs would be that. This one, I feel like there's a lot more... Um, fun or just like jabs or like yeah no for sure they're going on like i there are some lyrical outliers like julius the corgi which is obviously yeah. like a silly fun song or we're just making fun of math rock in general math like there's sucks. like yeah 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 very self-aware and self-deprecating uh, there, um i'm i'm gonna i'm basically giving this this album a nine no matter what out of ten but i do want to say that lyrically because i listen to it so much there's points where the lyrics are so goofy because they're so articulate in it where I can hear everything. And I'm like, <sighs> I was like, are we just like, it's just a, like a fun song. I, I, I don't know. It's just like, um, I feel like the, the two EPs before really had some emotional, um, um, attachment to each track. And then these ones are a little more just fun and just goofy, you know. See, just I disagree. Like, like, I don't really? feel. I only feel like there's a couple songs there's a that song are about really. A corgi? Uh, Julius the corgi and uh, math rock sucks. 
Um, those are definitely both like kind of like silly, more lighthearted, but the rest of the album is a bit more serious. My, my main criticism of the lyrics was that they're sort of lacking subtlety at times. Like, I, I think it's it's pretty painfully obvious what's being hinted at here. Oh, I mean, the lyrics are very upfront. Yeah, you know, like they're good. They're they're really quite good, yeah. and they're endlessly clever as well. I mean, that's another thing I would sort of praise Brock for doing. Uh, there is a lot of just clever wordplay and just catchy lines that really stick with me. Brock's vocals just always top notch. Yeah, and just it top really, top of their game. It's just this mid range that's just it's so good. It's so fucking good. It really counterbalanced well by the uh, the soprano vocalist as well. What is it like? Back to the corgi thing. What is it with math rock, like and dogs? Just like this. Like I'm just saying, snooze, and then them now. It's just like it's only two bands, but like, it's just I like I like just we've got this math rock dog thing going on here. Yeah, snooze. You don't have the uh, the monopoly on math rock dog songs anymore. Oh, there was also that one band from St. Louis. I, oh, oh my God! They had an album yes. called Mutts. I can't remember the name of the fucking band yes, right now. Yes, dude, holy shit! We covered them. Anyways, yeah, anyway. good call. Yes, that's what I had the feeling there. I was like, "What's up with these fucking dog things?" Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, man, uh, I gotta say, my favorite tracks, "Level Up," naturally, you start that fucking album with that. Just talking about we ain't done yet, motherfucker. Let's go, like that whole thing, uh, and then Goth Girl. Beauty School. Goth Girl that's, Beauty School is really great, for notch. sure. Lyrically, uh, just everything is just mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah, like the great vocal harmonies into like the more like harder part, you know. Um, I really liked Stella by Sunlight. God damn right, dude. Absolutely. Like, wow, what a what a delicate beginning to that track with the lyrics and um, yeah, just the instrumentation and just really nice dynamics there. I thought I Can Be Your Princess was pretty good as well. Throw a, just throw a fucking dart at this track list, man. I'm telling you, it is, one it is song, top notch. Yeah, I have what, to agree wait, with you. What? One what? song I wanted to shout out was the birds and oh, the there's birds. Only one thing I hated. No, 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 no. <laughs> the birds and the birds. Uh, the song is a bit slow on the first leg, but that crescendo and the gang chant sequence with the feedback and screaming on the second leg of the track is absolutely chilling, especially it, when the piano comes wandering in. Gave me the feels, the goosebumps. Everything. Really powerful Dude, shit. Yes. I sent you the goosebump picture. Yeah, oh, I saw it, homie. I, I beg. <laughs> yep, yeah. Um, it definitely gave me. Oh, Man, um, yeah. Anyways, it just uh, it definitely gave me the feels. You got to put a little time in there, but overall, like, there's not a skippable skippable track here on this record. You know I what agree. I'm saying? Yeah, this um, is my this is my favorite release of uh, the the podcast for sure. I, I jammed this probably ten times in the last two months. Easy. Latest release going on my fucking top of the best uh, uh, on the albums. You know, top tens for this uh, 2023. Um, overall, just amazing. Listen. Uh, and then just math gods provide just was not expecting this at all one other thing I loved is that they brought back the cheating the NASA space physical with cheating the NASCAR race physical oh I saw that (laughs) some some great some great uh, what sort I'm looking for some parallel references to the lyrics from that other song from the EP I thought that was clever fucking humor of this album versus other just like getting that more just like ah NASCAR yeah this album (laughs) I felt like they should have closed the album with game over though because that closing refrain is too goddamn good especially when that gang chant hits run it back yep like yep like fucking a like that just that hits so hard I love that they're flirting with some kind of Hardcoreisms, for lack of a better term, on this album. Good game. Y'all been just holding back for a second. You just like a little, like just making really, just the tiny... really masterful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I have some very minor complaints again about the lyrics as we we're talking about earlier, but that's sort of a very minor thing. My other 
main complaint that I wanted just to get out is I felt like the production was maybe just lacking a bit specifically with the drums, whose tones felt a bit flat and muted, like there's like a fucking cloth over the snare. Yep. Just very... The, the production of the, the the percussion could have been a bit more the turned drums up, were I think. soft they're very like, soft a, yeah and I'm sure that's deliberate just to sort of allow room for the vocal harmonies to like do their thing but I don't know maybe, maybe just a matter of preference there need some more double bass brother I'll tell you what but yeah as Levi was saying like there's there's not a bad song on this track listing I want to also shout out boy moding too um in terms of like the songs that were like concerned with the main subject matter of this album I felt like that was one of the ones that was it was really delivered in like a clever and very catchy way we have literally talked about or mentioned every track almost on this album that's what I'm telling you like just like throw a dart at this fucking track list I love Julius the Corgi and Math Rock Sucks by the way those are not we we sort of like mentioned those songs as if they were not good because they're silly or whatever but they're actually really really good Julius the Corgi I love it uh, level up, fucking game on. Uh, by the way, I guess that's kind of more of a yep. upbeat sort yep. of not silly, but yeah, more. I'm gonna take this direction now. Oh yeah, go ahead. What's your favorite track? Uh, damn. So I would say Stella by Sunlight is my favorite track, but I would also strongly point to the Birds and the Birds if you're already familiar with this band to go specifically listen to that song and just hear them try some different shit out. Mm-hmm. Also, boy moding again, very very strong. And game over too. I mean, yeah, the I almost felt like the first leg of this album isn't quite as good as the second leg. But all that being said, I'd give it a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Yeah, and yeah. it's not perfect, but man, it's fucking damn near perfect. This is like one of the best math rock albums I've heard in a real long time. It goes toe to toe with anything else in the genre. I think it's actually the best math rock album of the year, even over the Invalids album. Just squeezing at the end too, you know. Yeah, again, you know, it's so it's such a risky endeavor to be releasing an album in fucking November or you know, God forbid December, but they didn't uh it didn't miss my attention. So, I think Stella by Sunlight is the track that we should give our listeners though. It's one of the more dynamic ones and Party on Wayne. So, we're going to play Stella by Sunlight, which is track 5 from Get Good, which is Good Games new album that came out on November 3rd via Choke Artist. Here we go.
forget my old name. So that was Stella by Sunlight, which is track five from Get Good, which is Good Game's debut full-length album that came out back in November via Choke Artist. Get Good from Good Game. So next, we're going to talk about Ryle. And Ryle are a hardcore trio from Salt Lake City featuring Sam Richards of Cult Leader. And they just dropped their debut full-length Pessimist on October 27th via Church Road Records. And in a way, this really does kind of you know scratch the same itch that the cumulative works of Cult Leader and Gaza do, but it, it doesn't deliberately, while it's not deliberately imitating those projects, and it sort of has a bit more like botch and coalesce influence versus like Cult Leader, or excuse me, versus Converge, I do feel like Ryle needed to be doing just a bit more to set themselves apart from those projects on this album. It's like really solid and good, yes. but it's to the point where it's like, why, why weren't these songs like included as cult leader songs? Because some of them are so good; they yes. are really, really good. They're, they're. Um, this is uh, Ryle specifically. I, I just, um, it was a little more of a. It's like a deja vu. Just yeah, that's that's the whole thing. I just um, and then when I read, I, I did tap into a few like reviews of this record already. Oh, did and, you? Yeah, and just it's the same idea. You know, everybody seems to be the same way. We're just like, um, you know, it is that converge, uh, coalesce whole thing going on. I mean, yeah, you're gonna um, get that influence from anything that's gonna be coming out of these guys, basically, because they're all massively influenced by Death Wish Inc. bands. So, but, but I I do. Um, if I was reading a review right, um, I'm pretty sure this record specifically, they're acknowledging the fact of um, maybe, uh, may I say, writer's block or a kind of almost like a, um, a defeat in the in the in just you know what they're doing, mm. you know, um, almost like it's been I guess done, the album done, name would be appropriate. Then. It's been done before, mm. so I do think there there is this thing where. It sounds like exactly what they wrote, you know, mm-hmm. where they're just, you know, they're kind of at a at a at a wit's end. And I want to say they shouldn't that, be though, because this is good. It's just like they're not breaking any new ground. That's I'm gonna I'm so this uh, specifically. I read this interview today. Okay, there not an interview, but a review, and I just just looked into it a little bit more. I already had to listen to this uh, record for the last like few weeks here. <laughs> coming from coming from like uh, I, I if 
anybody um, that listens to the podcast here, um, I, I, I rollerblade uh, and skate and do like, you know, tricks and shit like that. And at some points, like, I feel like there's this, um, I get like writer's block of like tricks or something like that. And I'm like, everything's been done before. I'm really fucking frustrated. Everything's been done before. But you really sometimes need a little step back. And it's really interesting that this band has like, um, embrace the whole like it's all been done before that kind of thing and then make it as such uh i i just i i like where ryle's going but ryle is correct it's all been done before and you got to kind of create more and i don't think ryle did that here so i guess they're kind of fitting with the lyrics of what you know is, is going on here um so that's probably not what you wanted to hear at the end but uh yeah i mean if you think it's all been done before and then so be it it's all been done before. I don't think that I, that's not a problem to me. Even if it's all been done before, you can still do something in a creative way. Oh, put, put exactly. A, a positive spin yeah, on exactly, it. Exactly, bud. I mean, there's always a heavier band. There's always a faster riff. You know what I'm saying? Like I had like what I'm saying is like um, thinking about like skating and stuff like even today, like being with somebody else, they had more ideas than I did, but it hasn't been done before. They did three tricks that uh, have not been done before. You know, that whole thing. So anyways, I, I just think like I like I like the I like the approach, but I feel it's just like such a depressing way to go about a record. It's like, yeah. Anyways, that's, that's why I, I didn't really get this. too involved with the like the lyrics on this album. I honestly, I, I, held on I, I, I didn't like read. I read them, but I didn't like read too deeply into it. Normally, I'm just sort of like yep. checking to make yep. sure it's something I'm not like fundamentally opposed to. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, it's like it's. Not it's almost sad in a way because this is hearing you say all that stuff. It's like the the quality of the music is definitely there. It's it's just yeah, a, a bit more could have been done to set themselves apart. That being said, this album does start out very strong and it's got some. It, they they take it in a direction that I almost like wish Cult Leader would stay going at certain times. Not to mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to beat a horse mm-hmm. with the comparison to yep. Sam's other band, but. Yeah, um, they almost give me more of what I want out of that sound at times. That's the funny thing about it. But in in that, they, they avoid the crash test dummy, you know, like singing that is... There's some singing on this record that's not particularly, like, great, but I was finding myself definitely preferring it over... That weird, weird low thing going on. The, the what's the what's the term? That, not grooning. No, is it gooning? Gregor- it's, no, it's gooning. That's <laughs> that's got to be. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds good. Like, like a Gorian chant kind of thing going on, like a throat singing Yow- shit. Yowling or yowling, yowling. I remember Metal Sucks posted about this. Anyway, not crooning, Jesse, but close. Um, <laughs> it's like a metal equivalent. Um, anywho, we're really getting off on a tangent there. Yeah, so. Again, they, they do give me more out of that sound than I you know than Cult Leader actually gave me on their last fucking record, for example. Like, not the Lightless Walk, but a patient man really has some some pretty like low points that I'm like I just mm-hmm. like straight up skip. Yep. yep. I mean, as good as the title track is, like as devastating as the title track is, that there's some skippers on that record, and I feel like this record doesn't really have. Uh, it doesn't get so tiresome on um, the more like melodic, like rocky alt rock portions. And there's a, quite a few, there's more moments, you know, than you would get on a cult leader record, I guess that are mm-hmm. more alternative per se. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this now, but it's a solid album and it's definitely worth a listen. If you it like, is. Oh, absolutely. if you like I cult mean, leader Gaza, yeah. you owe it to yourself or bird eater, any of those like seminal 
dissonant, chaotic, hardcore bands out of Utah. I think if anything, if anything I might have been myself, maybe him too, is like we might have been biased just knowing where the, the pedigree is coming yeah. from. Yeah, exactly. So for uh, sure, it is what it is. So, but again, start. Very strong start to this album with Dead End. Uh, that one kicks down the fucking door pretty hard. Absolutely. Climb Out is also a really good track, too. And then by track three or four, they, they do give you that more kind of like rocky track that's actually kind of like breaks up the runtime very nicely. Every track is also like about five minutes or more, it seems, too. They really just like crammed a lot of material onto every song. And yep. it, I mean, it's only an eight minute or an eight track album, but it's like a half an hour long. Or six-track album. So, yeah. A lot of long tracks on this thing. Pick a track. Ambitious. I would say Dead End is the track for our listeners for sure. Okay. Climb Out's more like the groove-based track, and it fucking grooves really, really hard. It's a fucking neckbreaker, actually. But Dead End is a bit more concise, a bit more uh, up-tempo, faster. So I would say Dead End is the track. Game on. So we're going to play Dead End, which is... Well, by the way, what was your... What was your rating on this? Oh, motherfucker, we didn't skip it. Yeah. Well done, bud. Yeah. Um, I am going to give this um, a solid seven. I would say seven as well. I'd say, I mean, it just it's well executed. It's just, you know, we nothing, said what we said. Nothing new. Yeah. Yep. We said what we said. So, again, we're going to play Dead End, which is track one from Pessimist, which is Ryle's debut full-length album that came out back in October via Church Roads. <laughs> via, via Church Roads. <laughs> Church Road Records. Here we go.
All right, so that was Dead End, which is track one from Ryle's debut full-length album, Pessimist, which came out back in October via Church Road Records. So next, we're going to talk about Horsewhip. And Horsewhip are a hardcore quartet from Tampa Bay, Florida, featuring members of Combat Wounded Veteran and Reversal of Man, both of which I love. And they just released what I think is their third full-length album, Consume and Burn. Corrected. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not correct, but correct. Cool. Yes. And that came out on November 10th via Iodine Records. Shout out, Casey. Hell yeah. Very strong catalog there. So if you're familiar with the members' respective you know, former projects, I think this might catch you by surprise because it doesn't really sound too much like those bands. Instead, they're really bringing more of like a chaotic hardcore and like crust vibe in the sound in the vein of his hero is gone and yep and tragedy things like that absolutely. Dead in the Dirt would also readily comes to mind and Mothman if we're just throwing out comparisons in terms of mm-hmm. very contemporary things. But you know, I felt like first of all, I felt like the runtime was a bit too slim for an LP. I guess that's maybe more characteristic of the genre, of course. Short and sweet. Yeah, I, I support that. I mean, you know. They add like an instrumental or a bit of like a, a pacing with dark matter as well. Although it doesn't really add anything, it does sort of, I guess, break it up a little bit. I'm going to go in here and uh, kind of throw a swing here. Uh, I Overall, uh, I, I do favor, um, you know, I'm the Screamo Index kind of guy. So I, Horsewhip has been something where I've tried to support. But overall, I'm not much for it. Um, it's not Screamo. And it's just a combination of two bands that I used to like. And overall, if I was to just listen to Horsewhip out of nowhere, um, it would be pretty bland to me. It just sounds like some just... I really feel like they're punching under their weight with this. That's where I think you're going with this. And I just feel like they could have... With how how good Combat Wounded Veteran and... Versal Man is. And Versal Man is, you you would just expect a bit more oomph out of of this release. I mean, I understand nobody wants to like be screaming and everything, but yeah, there's just like so much uh, beauty in both bands, and this is just a just some old guys making some fucking crust stuff, and that's it's cool, it's cool. But like overall, like if you were just to show me a random track and not have me tell me the pedigree of this record, um, I wouldn't give a fuck about it. So, and I I stand by that, and uh, I I love Iodine, I love everybody that is involved with this project as far as like what they've done, but uh, overall, I'm not a fan of Horsewhip. Uh, It's just it's not much. It's not. I mean, I think we cover on Mathcore Index just uh, for a Screamo Index favor side, you know. Um, There's some very chaotic Mathcore elements on this record, though. To be fair, that's that's. I mean, that's why I see it as being included. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Um, But overall, I'm not. I'm not much of a fan. Um, uh, It's just this. This did not grab me and when i really go back it's it's not grabbing me as much as their previous shit i'll say that the first the first record grabbed me but it just the split with yashira was really good as well yeah i mean that was a track but like not to like just completely discount the whole release because it's not like the exact style that i want to hear out of them and it's not the style that they used to do cutting through is a pretty strong intro i'd say and plague machine is actually a a pretty strong showing a bit deeper into the track listing as well Mm mm-hmm yeah, overall, I wasn't too crazy about this, though. I would have to give it a 6 out of 10 if I was to give it a rating. you give it a 5. That's fair. I mean, like, if you're if you're a fan of their previous stuff, I, I, as I was saying, I think this might come as a surprise to you. It's not what I was expecting when I first heard Horsewhip. It's consistently the same, and I'm not a fan of it, of what it is. 
So that's why I stand by. Yeah, it's just like, it's so weird for them to like form a new band just to like sound like an even older band. Marketing wise, I love that they don't hang on the pedigree of what they had before. You know, that whole like, oh, hey, we were members of this, that's this, true. this. That's true. Which is fucking great. But like overall, that's the thing. Like if I just heard this band, I was like, mm, I don't know. They're moving on. That whole thing. So. At any rate, I feel like Plague Machine is the strongest showing. So I say that it's the, that's the track that we give our listeners. I trust you, bud. Let's do that. So we're going to play Plague Machine, which is track four from Consume and Burn, which is Horsewhip's new album that came out on November 10th via Iodine Recordings. Here we go. Alright, so that was So that was Plague Machine, which is track six from Horsewhip's third full length album, Consume and Burn, which came out back in November via Iodine Recordings. So next we're gonna talk about Self Deprecator. And Self Deprecator are a mathcore metalcore trio from Seattle, Washington. And they just dropped their debut full length Fruit of Our Labor on November third. And it's their first release in over four years. I think that's worth noting. Mm-hmm. To talk about their sound, Self Deprecator is a bit of a throwback to the heyday of 90s and early 2000s metallic hardcore and mathcore. They're really channeling that old school shit like Botch and Coalesce, you know? I love it. Sign me up. Uh, very, um, I've said this before, It's it's um, it sounds familiar, but very refreshing at the same time. 
Uh, love the uh, album artwork. Really enjoyed Good album it. artwork, yeah. Yep. Very uh, nice album artwork. Yep. They take a couple of production risks as well on this record that I think sort of paid off. The piano and punk was a pretty nice addition. Goddamn right, dude. Sort of giving it a bit of a rock and roll feel there, very similar to the Sunflower straight to VHS track. And the singing on Fleeced isn't too bad either uh, and fits the song quite well, I think. I, I just feel like this album sort of occupies this very neutral territory for almost an, its entire runtime, and it doesn't, it doesn't like get very fast. It doesn't get very slow. It's kind of just like a very plodding. Well, it's a constant pace there, for yeah. sure. I, I, dude, I, so a bit more dynamics, I think, could have been exercised in yep. this track listing. I did. I, I wouldn't say I grew bored, but I definitely was like checking how many tracks was left and just seeing where I was at in the album. And I don't really like that. I like to be more lost in a in a release, you know. Yeah, much like the Ryle record, this isn't an incredibly adventurous record outside of those two things I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. The, the first leg is a bit slow. I mean, the, the punk is like is a nice track. The intro track is is decent as well. But yeah, I just kind of expected a bit more. I, I don't know by. by it, it it basically it takes to like track three to like really get going for me. Procrastination is a is a great track though. I think that's, that's where the my, album. That's my yeah. favorite track for sure. The riffs on that track, I don't want to say they're gorgutsy, but it sort of reminded me in the way that Gorguts sort of navigates the the fretboard with a bit of like a dissonant, uh, a dissonant showing to it. Didn't think about Gorguts, but I like that. Shell exchange as well. The breakdown and ascending guitar chords on the back half of the track go really really hard. The, the first leg of the track excuse me, isn't quite as exciting, but yeah, that, that breakdown on the back half is, is really sick. Fleeced, as I mentioned earlier, a bit of a kind of a sassy thing going on there. Yep. Also a favorite of mine, sassy. Mm-hmm. And then a uh, track six acting on impulse is also kind of a, one of the more impressive tracks to me as well. Victim of circumstance as well. I kind of enjoyed what, what track is that even Ooh, buddy boy. One second here. I shouldn't uh, be asking you that. That I was should... the opener. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one, was, I was a little bit more lukewarm on, if I'm being completely honest. Yep, but, yep. But, um, yeah, this is, uh, this was solid. I mean, it's just, I, I feel like they can, they could probably do better given the sound. I mean, that's like, the instrumentation is nice. The vocals are really good. I mean, the guitarist is a vocalist as well, so that in and of itself is impressive to me. Shout out. Yeah, so, you know, I, I am looking forward to more from Self Deprecator, but... This wasn't my favorite release of the podcast by a stretch. I'd give it a 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10 as well. Absolutely. Yeah, not bad. Promising, though, I would say. Yep. For for their first release back in a few years, maybe they're just shaking off the rust and, you know, let them cook. Let's, let's see where they take it from here. So I think Procrastination is the track that we both agree is the podcast song. Yeah? Yep. Love it. So we're going to play Procrastination, which is track 3 from Fruit of Our Labor, which is Self-Deprecator's new album that came out on November 3rd. Here we go.
All right, so that was Procrastination, which is track three from Fruit of Our Labor, which is Self-Deprecator's new full-length album that just came out on November 3rd. That's a banger, too, by the way. Like, all criticisms aside, like, definitely some, some high points on that record, for sure. So next, we're going to talk about Worm Hero. And Worm Hero are a space grind Nintendo core band from Stoke-on-Trent featuring members of Requiem of Torment and Forget Our Names. Which, <laughs> if you know these members in this scene, they've just been at it for so fucking long with so many different projects really just like fine-tuning the sound. And they definitely have arrived on by far the most idiosyncratic and like instantly recognizable thus far. Yep. Like by comparison, Worm Hero is like a much fucking better band than the two aforementioned, like by a country mile. That being said, I mean, there's qualities of it that I don't enjoy as much. Like the vocals specifically, I feel like are this album specifically. Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's so much spoken word to the point where I think it outweighs the heavy vocals that I actually want to hear. I can't, I can't do it. I really like, uh, uh, instrumentally it's technical it's, and it's great, but, uh, the vocal approach, like it's so lazy. Um, I just, I, I do not like the talky vocals. It takes away so much from what it is. Um, I wouldn't call it lazy per se, because at least like the, the lyrics are like coming from like a theatrical standpoint. There's a theme to them. But the but, vocal, but the vocal approach is lazy. I mean, talking is not as hard as screaming. Yep. Certainly. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll concede that. But yeah, it's it's not either way. It's not what I I want vocally necessarily in, in a project like this. I, I do feel like yeah, the balance is just off specifically on that particular aspect. I'm when doing comes, this now. I'm doing this. That's why I, I just warm her cured it. You know, just right. like yeah, you know, just like right. put a little tinge to it. It's like yeah, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, um, this is their fourth full length album too. I believe the ineffable consequence of dreaming, which came out on October sixth. Forgot to get to that. But yeah, that's my, I think basically the vocals are my main gripe. Other than that, I do feel like at least instrumentally it's hitting territory that is, it is interesting. You know, it's like they definitely hit on some interesting shit and it is a very unique sounding project too. It's like a space grind version of, of like horse. The band is like the easiest approximation. So I really want to like credit the uniqueness of what this project is accomplishing. Um, especially given it's pretty humble roots, Yep. Uh, the members, you know, former former projects again, just not nearly is is um, as interesting as this. I remember liking like forget our names, like pure like no no uh, uh, like a worm hero uh, album like one or I two like the last this. one, yeah, Sam. Yeah, I think that know, one I like. I can't remember which one it was. But I think I liked the one before this or the one before that just a bit more though. But uh, anyways, um, overall, I just wasn't a fan of this. Uh, I just, um, I felt it was just distracting, uh, the talky vocals and then just, um, yeah, just wasn't my thing, but, uh, overall just hope, yeah, I mean, yeah, hopefully everybody enjoys it and you know, that kind of thing. So in terms of tracks that I liked, I would say sea salt and ashes is probably the strongest showing on this record. I got nothing on this one, bud. That's fine. I, I kind of figured that you didn't, so I'll, I'll take it away here. Yeah. Um, Sea Salt and Ashes, the first track is kind of more, it's a bit slow on the, the first leg of it. It's kind of, again, more of that setting up, this setting the stage and a bit more atmospheric and sort of like talking until the back half of the track. Yep. But um, yeah, once the second track hits, it's a bit more interesting, instrumentally anyway. Uh, Gestalt Therapy, I thought was a pretty good track too. 
I, I would say, yeah, th- those are probably the two strongest tracks. So I'd say Sea Salt and Ashes then. Yeah. So if I had to give it a rating, I would have to give this a 6 out of 10. I'm going to give it a 6 too. Oh, I thought you were giving it nope, much I'm, lower nope, of a score. I'm going to give it a okay. 6 as well. I, I, I match you. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, just because the vocals aren't exactly what I want doesn't mean that it's like not, doesn't have some redeemable qualities. So. Yep. So we're going to play Sea Salt and Ashes, which is track two from The Ineffable Consequence of Dreaming, which is Worm Hero's new album that came out on October 16th. Here we go. Mr. Bungle meets Horse the Band in an 80s sci-fi movie in space. 
You heard it here. That's my elevator pitch. You heard it here. So next and last, we're going to talk about horse torso. Horse torso are an instrumental, improvisational, noise rock, math rock, no wave band from Brooklyn, New York. It's really difficult to categorize this band. I would say improv, no wave. That would be the best way to say this. Uh, we had discussions about this. Um, but they are also noise rock and math rock, too. Yep. yep. But it's so, I remember like when we reviewed them like two years ago, it was like, and what is no, no wave? And then we had the influx of people telling us right. what, what no wave actually is. Having which, our absolutely and, fucking boneheaded, ignorant conversation recorded and put out into the ether. I'll be honest. I don't even give a shit still about no wave. It's all good. Uh, on MathCore Index, we have been doing embracing them forever basically oh yeah yeah this has been a project that we've covered since day one uh, horse torso actually played mathcore index fest 2018 the very first manifestation in brooklyn in brooklyn their hometown uh, they also feature notably nick jost of baroness just throw that out there although i, I don't think that he normally gigs with them I'm, i know that he's definitely in on their studio stuff and they're back with what is essentially their third LP, albeit a short one. Mm-hmm. It's called World Line Eviscerated, which came out on November 3rd. And it's a bit, uh, as I was saying, it's a bit short. I feel like this EP does have its moments, but it doesn't really have the same sort of like massive crescendos as we saw in earlier stuff like Plank Time or actual Stablemates. And I, I contend that Horace Torso's first album is still their best one. Agreed. Um, I feel even though I'm a jazz fan, uh, a lot of horse torso is a little over my head. It truly is. I just... Um, I'm not a fan of improvisational music in general, though, I so that's, that's a strong bias you know, I there. Get, yeah, right. we, we get lost. Uh, but I, do I like want... jazz, but it's like in this context, I don't feel like the cells are organized enough or the, the melody is organized <laughs> yes, enough. Yes, or what. Yes. I don't know how to articulate what I'm saying, but yeah, it's like it's a bit too... Loosely improvisational. It's not semi-improvisational enough. I'm. I'm always. I always feel like I'm waiting. Right for something. For the payoff. You know, or just I'm waiting, and it's just a weird uh, uh, tension that I not much for it with music. But um, there's there's less. There's less payoffs on this album in general. That's the problem. It's like there's not enough peaks or valleys. Where it's just like it's entire. This is a very similar complaint that I had to the self-deprecator album and that is that it's just sort of neutral for its entire duration yep there's nothing really spectacular that knocks your fucking socks off that just like hits me super hard um do you have a track that you favored on this lp yeah yeah a singularity compromised of horizon generated entropy it's track two so i'm assuming that it is yes it is yep what i what's regrettable about this ep is that they open it up with this amazing uh you know, a vocal track. Just it's all vocals, and which is so crazy of horse torso. It's like they're an instrumental the, band, so it really yeah. threw me off. But and I, I don't want to take that. I mean, really, just expect that to be the whole album. But I wish that would have been capitalized on just a bit more because it's by far one of the most interesting moments of this band. Totally with you, man. And the most interesting moment on the EP, and it lasts all of thirty seconds. So it's just like. I think you guys screwed the pooch there. I think you didn't take the vocal thing far enough and you could have done that a lot more. And as a result, the other tracks feel uh, just a bit, I get lost in them. And I rarely say that about a release. Well, also I'm a fan of horse. Like we, we've been a, a fan of horse torso torso. And the last thing I was expecting was that vocal thing. So I was like, Holy fuck. Shit, is this? And I kind of felt like I was waiting for more. 
and it never happened again. Right. Which is kind of a tease. So yeah. Anyways. It was a tease. Yep. And even if it's just fucking, you know, wordless syllables, I feel like it did really add quite a bit to this release. For how short its duration is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to hear them do that more. I thought that, thought that was pretty interesting. Add it. I think that the the sort of the wild card element of that is that it's unlikely that we'll hear any of those songs with vocals reproduced live. Maybe. Yo, these nerdy motherfuckers, I bet you. Yo, guys, grab a <laughs> yeah, vocalist. Yeah, Danny, Danny's going to Danny, take. Yeah, Danny, I know, I know exactly. Danny, fucking grab a well, vocalist. Danny like, is very busy. On. I also want to note that he is also the drummer of Crippling Alcoholism currently, yep. which has members of Needle Play and Nursing, yep. namely uh, Tony, Tony Clark, the yep. guitarist, who has like switched roles, and he is the vocalist of the band. And... Um, we cover we cover them like yeah, yeah. and then also the the keyboardist from Needleplay is now and the vocalist of of Nursing is now the guitarist of Crippling Alcoholism so yeah really interesting lineup switching there that whole scene from fucking Massachusetts all those kids are just insanely talented y'all busy oh and then of course uh, Tyler is also in Crippling Alcoholism now as well I think he might be doing vocals from Mouth Breather and Needleplay. Just to sort of tie yeah, yeah, yeah. the Massachusetts yeah, yeah. connection there. This is all really not pertinent to Horace Torso, of course, but... It's connecting. <laughs> I was trying to say something. So, yeah, um, if I had to give this one a rating, uh, yeah, I'd probably give it a 6 out of 10. I just, it's not, like, bad. And it's certainly... It's more enjoyable than a lot of improvisational, like rock music that I hear. I guess so. It's, it's, I mean, something like this is never gonna like completely blow my mind. You know, um, that first album though is so good. Yeah. The especially live, the crescendo and plank time is like the the guitarist just has like a solo with no percussion for a, a minute thirty seconds, and then when the the bass comes back in, the drums start hitting. It's just like oh, you know, okay. <sighs> That that's an incredibly powerful moment. Go back and listen to that fucking track and watch their set at Math Corey Next Fest 2018. It's really oh, that was a good set. Good. That was a damn good set. They Absolutely. killed it. Yep. That's where I was really really sold on them. Yeah. Um, Anywho, yeah. Um, I think track two is the one though. A singularity compromised of horizon generated entropy. Game on. And that is off Horse Torso's new full length album World Line Eviscerated, and that came out November third. Here we go.
right, so that was a singularity compromised of Horizon Generated Entropy by Horse Torso, and that's off their new uh, new album, World Line Eviscerated, which came out back in November. So last, uh, we'll give you a bit of news here. So this is very exciting. Unfortunately for you, it's already sold out, but the Dillinger Escape Plan have announced a reunion uh, trilogy of shows for the 25th anniversary of Calculating Infinity featuring original vocalist Dimitri Minikakis. No, Chris Penny is not playing, so stop being fucking annoying about that in the comments. Neither is Brian Benoit. He had a pretty bad injury, as I recall. I don't think he's playing guitar in any live bands anymore. Oh, no, that's maybe that's not true. But either way, he's not part of this reunion either. It's Kevin Antaresian of Knife the Glitter, obviously formerly a Dillinger Escape Plan as well, and Billy Reimer, drummer. And, of course, original bassist uh, Liam... Well, not original bassist, but longtime bassist Liam Wilson. Not to discredit <laughs> uh, what I'm looking for here, sort of diminish <laughs> Liam's contribution. He's been the yeah, bassist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. is so funny to me when people have that same attitude about Greg, like as if he's some sort of imposter and it's been Dimitri was the true blue, you know, vocalist all. It's like Greg has been this band forever. But, so Ben's involved still. Ben, of course, is the the owner of the business and the way that it's come out recently is he has painted Greg to be a independent contractor of sorts and that his, you know, he was sort of just a, a hired agent and that he has no room to be ta- speaking on any intimacy about uh, reunions or whatnot. So it's almost like they're doing this in spite of him. It, it's, it's the way it kind of feels to me. It's a little, I hate the music industry sometimes with this shit. I mean, I'm really happy to see my favorite band of all time, back and doing a gig in honor of this incredible milestone of an album. Uh, more well arguably, and, the and most important album in the extreme music catalog, I would say. It's well-timed. At least it's, like, appropriate. Like, it's like, oh, it's on the exact, like, anniversary of, you know, this happening, you know? Yeah, and I feel like late 40s is perhaps maybe, like, the physicality tipping point for people to play this kind of music and execute it properly and still be able to, like, move about. Kiss just played their last fucking like album as a real band uh, their last uh like set as a real band and I have, it's gonna be like a thing you know i i think like no i don't think yours matter my with issue that, with it know? is like there was such a finality and a huge hullabaloo around it being the final dillinger shows i flew out from california for those shows and you and cried i did it's true but that's neither here nor there thank you for pointing that out though um you cry like a like a bitch right, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yes sorry. i did it's true <laughs> But, uh, no joke, but yeah, um, it just, it kind of, it doesn't, it feels a bit like a cash grab in a way. I hate to say it, but it, it almost is like there's such finality and catharsis to that finale of shows that this feels almost Are you telling me it's all about money in the music industry, Christian? Yeah, either way, you know, it's like, I'm I'm conflicted on this one. I'm I'm not going to be going, not because I sort of have any, like, real moral quandary about it. I just straight up not going to spend money on that. I wonder if homie's vocals are going to be top notch to this. Dimitri's never lost it, really. His vocals have always been solid. It's just like, I I don't feel like he held a, a candle to Puciato, technically speaking. No. But either way, I'm sure a lot of you are very, very excited for that. So hopefully it's not a fucking Dimitri versus... I'm just so sick of the goddamn pitting the band members against each other. It's like, this is just instigated. The Dillinger and... Every time I die, splintering I has instigated one of the most annoying online discourses I've 
ever had to listen or live through. It's just insufferable. And y'all did it at the same time. Like, what the fuck, everybody? Like, Jesus, it's so, yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, and, like, them doing them doing the show without Greg, it just feels like, it feels like it's uh, it's a bit spiteful. But either way, yay Dillinger, yay Mathcore. So, yeah, Dillinger, 25th anniversary for Calculating Infinity, June 21st through 23rd in Brooklyn. And who knows, maybe they'll announce a tour behind that if it's, if it's successful, it's sold out. All three nights are so you're not going because you're hearing this now. But give me some better news. Anything else you got there? <laughs> if you didn't already buy a fucking magical phone, there you got anything else? Yeah, yeah. Jesus. So uh, some tour news. Kaunashi just announced a tour with Mugshot in Boom. March. Better news. <laughs> so if you like Kaunashi, you can see them. Also, Gift from God doing a very short run with Wounded Touch in January. Oh no shit! They're not coming out here though, unfortunately okay. for us. It's East Coast. Better Lovers are doing a U.S. tour, though, in April and May. I don't think they're coming to the Bay Area, unfortunately, for us, though. Just had a very solid uh, set with the uh, Cal Stout Boys. For Blissmas, indeed. Yep. yep. Holidays. Actually, Andy of Every Time I Die came out and played a song with him as well. So No shit. Yeah. Fake Pollux doing uh, some East Coast dates in January. Members of Floral there, so worth noting, in my opinion. Really and the Singer. And Elaine the Singer as well, yes, yes. Also a great project. And Rob Ford Explorer. Boom! So a trifecta of some of the best instrumental math rock out there. Pound town. But now they're playing uh, post-punk. Mathy post-punk. Zegama Beach Records Fest 2024 Wave 1 lineup announcement just happened today featuring Capsule from Miami, Florida. That's a bit of news in of itself. Uh, they just recently performed and released their first new EP in 10 years. Uh, Screamo favorites Senza, Loma Prieta, the OGs, Nuvo Lascura, Ostraca, Infant Island, Cross from Spain, fucking A, and In Loving Memory. And that's uh, May 4th and 5th in Chicago. There's also 20 more bands to be revealed, I believe. Uh, boner jams. That's crazy. Insane. It's the Screamo event of the year. I'm going to say and the honestly, only. I'm going to say the only. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of, like, crossover from a lot of the bands that Mathcore Index shares as well, too. Obviously, we're huge sins of favorites, so we're, they're one of our favorites, rather. Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum are back with a new album in February. Incredible new single and music video out now. Two new singles for them, actually. And, uh, man, I gotta say, like, they really fucking bring it on this new shit. It's real, real good. Utopia Jazz Core. Uh, from the UK, just dropped a new single, new album out in February. It's a little bit on the busy side. I feel like I don't want to like draw any conclusions, but they're like they're what I imagine that people say they hate when they think of tech metal. <laughs> oh, word! Oh, word! It's like okay. I, yep, I, yep, yep, yep. It's like I like the parts individually, but it's like they flow together so randomly that if you're not like fluent in this kind of music, I feel like it's like the apex of why someone would hate it because it's like jazzy and just really busy and doesn't have a pulse that you can easily identify or any repeating To motif. be continued. <clears throat> and granted, that kind of describes Mathcore at large, but yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah, it's a bit busy, but I'll, I'll reserve judgment until I hear the rest of it. Serling have just dropped a new single. They've got a new EP coming out in January. Unfortunately, I gotta say, I'm not too big on the production. It just is like so 
homogenous with the rest of their production. Mm-hmm. It just, I, I wish they would have gone to maybe a better studio this time around. We might review that later on there. I believe this is their third EP as yep. well, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Yep. yep. Yeah, again, I do feel like there's a ton of potential for what they're doing. Like, they really have, it's a good sound, but it's just not packaged right, I think is my issue with it. It's like the production is just like a step below what I really want to hear from them. If they went to a better studio, I think it would serve them well. Agreed. Um, that's pretty much it for news for what I got. Levi? That's you, it? I thought you said you wanted to talk some Christmas bullshit. No. No? <laughs> I just want to say happy holidays, everybody. Fucking, I, 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 I mean, our episodes are kind of like evergreen in a way, like we're, as we just like you know talk about bands and stuff. But yeah, just like great. To, I was totally uh, prepared to debate you on what the greatest Christmas movie of all time is. Too. You can't do that. You can't do oh, that. Yes, I can. It, it'll be a full because it's fucking, a Christmas story. Um, no. Yeah. No, it's not. That is the, absolutely a Christmas story. The whole like the Christmas story is the best Christmas movie it is endlessly entertaining I can sit there and watch it on repeat and like not get bored no negatory I would say it's Home Alone 1 and 2 that would be the whole thing um I mean Home Alone is so linear it just it it just like fucking it outstays its welcome as much as I love John Hughes I feel like the it's like A Christmas Story is so a slice of life even with the narration A Christmas Story was a flop in the beginning they have, Who cares? They, they, it's they, brilliant. I think it's brilliant. I I, uh, I think it's this one, and then um, a Christmas story. Story, however, is another story entirely. <laughs> a, a Christmas story. I, I, I think it's a wonderful, a wonderful life as well. Where or whatever the fucking sequel is. The wonderful. It's a wonderful life. And With then, the, was Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, yeah. I, I oh feel my like gosh. They, they, they both like kind of like um the um the licensing ran out, and somebody forgot to redo the licensing so like it got to just get slammed on TV mm-hmm. nonstop, and that's how the, these kind of like blew up more than other right, right. ones or whatever and but that's like, why Christmas Story is now so immensely popular is because it was just on repeat on TBS for fucking 20 years is why like you know Home Alone 1 and 2 it's gonna be behind a paywall so that definitely always stops the whole popularity of it but that that's I think like I love Home Alone don't get me wrong but I do not feel like it is the best Christmas movie I'd say it's top 5 though Top five in I my say, in my top five anyway. What is your top five then? I say Home Alone one, Home okay. Alone two. Home Alone two is not nearly as good as Home Alone one though. I couldn't even put it in the top ten. It's it's got it's got some really awful cringy parts to number, me. Honestly. Number three, Mix Nuts. That's a, Mix Nuts. Yep. Yep. What Mix Nuts? Fuck. Uh, that uh, wouldn't even make my top fifty. Do you okay. mix nuts though? Yes, I do. With with a with a. Uh, You've told we've we've had the mix okay, nuts right. conversation so, too many times then, now. This fucking guy is a mix nuts. Come on, no, no, really, <laughs> no. And then, and I, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Nightmare, Nightmare oh, yeah. Christmas, goaded, I mean, that's, goaded that's, for sure. That's my hot topic choice. You know that whole thing. Um, you know, even though it's like not a very long film, understandably, it's stop motion animation, so it really takes a lot uh, yeah. uh, to to even accomplish that kind of length. But uh, yeah, it really gets a lot across, and it's what hour and 10 minute runtime I think it's like 70 minutes. Yep, 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 it's yep. Very, very short. Um, but the music yeah. is incredible too. Obviously, so. That's what makes it so good, man. And then Scrooge. Scrooge is my is my num- my number five. What? That's what number- is yeah, fucking on, wrong no, with on, you? No. Come on. At least you didn't say the Santa Claus. All right, I gave you five. Give me give me your five. <laughs> okay, so definitely a Christmas story number one. Definitely fucking goaded. 
Home Alone, I would probably say that's number two. Christmas Vacation, I would say, is probably in my top five yeah, for sure. So you fucked up, dog. I knew I I figured I mean, that like, you were gonna say that. I'm so how, shocked how, you didn't. Like, we're talking like math crowds. Like, how are we gonna like squeeze five into this? Okay, so thing? I'm not done yet. Muppet Christmas Carol, <laughs> specifically the Muppet Christmas Carol. I agree with you, dude. That is as much as it's not on my list. That I agree is, with you. That shockingly, as for a puppet movie, that no is cheeses for a Mises. It's aged remarkably well. It's amazing. Yep. Jim Henson's shit it, is is was, still wonderful. That was opinion. the first. Christmas that was the first uh, piece of Muppets done without Jim Henson after he passed away oh wow yep I didn't know that so it's Frank Oz and yeah his son took over and everything like that so there was a big like move to like them not fuck that one up can I say that I one that I think is extremely overrated despite the fact the music is amazing a Charlie Brown Christmas as a visual presentation it's fucking horrendous it well, isn't from, there's no narrative. It's, it's super sad. It's, it's just like, it is not, what it is, man. The it's, sad Christmas tree is the punchline of the whole fucking movie, and it's like, you're literally just, it's all Vince Guaraldi's Char- score. That's the dude, only Charles redeeming. Schultz, don't give a this fuck, is for coming, man. This is coming from a huge Peanuts Charlie Browns fan. I love Snoopy Come Home. I love, a, I love a boy named Charlie Brown. Like, the music in that is incredible. But that was just... Charles Schultz, do you understand, like, anytime anybody gave him any, like, critique, he straight up would just be like, Nope. And just walk out of the room. Come back about 10 minutes later, and everybody realized that, like that was a no, basically. Interesting. And Charlie Brown's Christmas as well. Originally, that was like, had like Coca-Cola signs in the beginning, and they threw There's rocks. like product at, placement. At, yeah, yeah. But then they took that out and shit like that, you know. Yeah. I mean, that that one is depressing as fuck. Overrated. It's just overrated. I, I love the score from it, but. The score is amazing. I, I got the record, but I would I would say yes. It's just like that bland uh, sadness, and I just, I'm good with that. One of my newer favorites, maybe not even necessarily a favorite, but one that I like, I don't mind putting on in the background is Elf. Elf is amazing, dude. It's, I mean, it uh, is uh, as annoying as an insist upon himself as Will Ferrell can be. Like he's, he's, he's whimsical. Like, what can you say? And, and it's weird because <laughs> like, you think it'd be like uh, more like a, like, like it would affect like as far as like aging wise, but like mm. Zoe Deschanel still hits right in that thing like it's great like and i i just yeah went, their, I, their chemistry is pretty good i just went and saw that like at live in El, alamo draft house and like a whole crowd particip- participation i mean that movie is alive and well my friend i assure you yeah so. it's a it's like a new classic is yeah, how i would yeah. describe it wait so so wait so what's your top five as a break like what's your number one okay so you're right i was, was not being clear christmas story home alone christmas vacation mm-hmm See, this is where I have a harder time narrowing it down. I, I can only really give you a top three, I guess. That sucks. I thought I had was more organized, but See, I guess I didn't a, get that that's far. that's the whole thing. That's how fucked it was. Nightmare like, Before Christmas. This, Nightmare like... Before Christmas for... I can do this. Uh, I want to say Elf, because I kind of... It's not that good. It doesn't appeal to me on so many levels, but... Um... Ongoing right now, I have a list of 36 movies that I need to knock out every year. That's only the ones that I need to. I also embrace Hallmark bullshit movies. I know you just do. You like terrible things. things just yeah, yeah, for, yeah, in, a, in a post-ironic way. Yep. How about this? Mickey's Christmas Carol. Never seen it. You haven't seen that? Nope. It's pretty good. I kind of hate you now. It's you said something good. that I don't know about, I'm kind of upset. <laughs> I'm kind of a, a Disney whore, apparently. 
Also, um, I gotta shout out the Rankin Bass stop motion animation movies. Sign me up for everything. Santa Claus coming. Uh, Santa Claus coming to town. Rudolph, Rudolph the Red Nosed uh, Ranger. The year there was no Santa. Uh, it's fucking all of them Frosty the Snowman. The that, snowman that's animated. Like, oh, yeah, but yeah, it's animated, but yeah, it's still good, dude. Little Drummer Boy yep. is garbage. <laughs> it's terrible. That one's not a good one. That's the one that all I would stop definitely motion skip. with Rankin Bass is kind of creepy. You really gotta like it's take it with a grain of salt. So of the time that that's a medium that has not aged well. Stop motion. Nope. Unlike Peppa Tree, which is vibrant and lively, and they can just really make it seem alive. The one Rankin, stop motion does not age well. The one Rankin Bass is Rudolph because then you get you get uh, the 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 mountain guy the 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 snowman mm. dude and everything like that you know Yukon uh, Cornelius, Cornelius yes since we're talking about Jim Henson uh, I also got to shout out <laughs> Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas absolutely I mean, it's yep, it's yep. like there's some very He's like the best. It, it's they're like really small scale puppets so they cannot be articulate at all but like the staging and like the set pieces that they do for it is like is pretty goddamn impressive no, for like a, yeah it's yep. It's great. For, for a kid's movie, very enjoyable. That's pretty much all I got. There's also some ones where I like really even question if they're Christmas movies. Like I would say Die Hard, but I question the legitimacy of that. Die being, Hard, Gremlins. It's not a fucking, holiday movie. Yes, There's, it is. Yes, no, it is. it's yes, set it is. during Christmas time, but oh, it is not a oh, holiday movie, oh, my oh, friend. What's the, what's the opening track? What makes it Christmassy other than that? Uh, jingle, uh, it, it, what it, other qualities? happens at a Christmas party? Bitch. <laughs> no, it is. Oh no, no! It, it is di- totally debatable about whether di- or not Die, die Hard Christmas is an actual movie? Christmas movie. Grounds is Christmas movie. No, it is not. It's yes, another. It that's yes. an exact parallel that I would draw for being not, arguably not a Christmas movie, just set during Christmas time. There's nothing holiday-ish about it at all. But it's set at Christmas. Time. Movie, I like both movies it's too. At, by the way, at, so it's set at Christmas time, and then they mention Christmas in, within the movie. Jesus Christ! It is what it is. Okay, Levi, it's fine if you feel that way, but you're wrong and I hate you. Fair enough. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I think that's a good stopping point, honestly. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I just would love to know that just everybody out there, he's wrong and I'm right. And that's it. All right. Okay, that's it. And I'll edit that to say that <laughs> I'm going to put it in reverse. I'm going to go back and like resample like you saying other things from past episodes yeah, and patch like it together that. to make it seem like you're agreeing with me. Just <laughs> sprinkle in a problematic one right. just because. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> My 9-11 theory. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that, I think we're good. I think that's it. Yeah. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. What, okay, what is, easy. What easy is even that, Christmassy about Lethal le- Weapon? Nothing is. Nothing. You're crazy. Is right, it? Now okay. We're, now, we're, now we're fucking getting nuts Now here. I want to play the devil's advocate and and sort of ask you to give some good founding to why you think that's not a legitimate There's Christmas no Christmas film. in the Lethal Weapon. It's compared to Die Hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to say that Die Hard is a Christmas movie but not Lethal Weapon? I have to question you now, Levi Sebastian. Um, But here's the deal. No, 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 no. No, see the thing is with with um with uh with Die Hard, the whole situation happens in one night, which is said Christmas. So they have Christmas happening until like you know, homie gets shot in the head, and then after that, it's like it's like now then he's just now he's got a gun, kai, you know, yippee ki motherfucker, that whole thing. But like before that, I mean, it's all Christmas. It's like it starts with Christmas and Hollies from Run DMC. Literally nothing feels Christmassy to me about Gremlins. Or Die Hard or a Lethal Weapon. Your your heart needs to grow more. <laughs> you fucking. Oh, <laughs> speaking of such things, how the Grinch stole Christmas. There's 
I, it, I think in edited version still fucking rules. The, I you think can, you can pirate that shit off YouTube. I love that shit. Game on. Both manifestations are quite good. By the the, way, uh, the original and the the Jim Carrey one. Jim Carrey actually just really does fucking kill it as the Grinch. I think well, great. he yeah, was yeah. born to play the Grinch. That one's behind a paywall, <laughs> though. A lot of these ones are behind a paywall, so that whole thing. But uh, but I, most I, of the best movies are, though. To be fair. Also, how the Grinch stole Halloween is also a very good one if you uh, want to tap into that. It was a uh, after it was like the year after they did the whole Grinch thing, and they tapped into that one. But yeah. It's good. Speaking of Halloween, do you ever watch It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? Of course. Yeah. That's good. G- good score from that one too, from Vince Those, those original Charles Schultz, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, after that, fuck that shit. Yeah, they um. They kept it going for a while, and it just kind of got increasingly absurd for every. <laughs> Stay Jack out, Jack. Frost. No, no, we ain't doing Jack Frost. No, no, especially <laughs> the Michael Keaton one, dude. Fuck that shit. That one is Fuck a horrendous garbage pile for sure. Um, what was I saying about Charlie Brown? <laughs> I don't know. I'm upset now. Okay. I'm really let's, upset. Let's, let's talk. <laughs> okay. All right. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 108th episode of Mathcast. I'm your host, Christian. I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again in a couple weeks with some more Sick Underground bands and our best of 2023. Very Coming very soon. Good night and stay beautiful. <laughs>